Welcome to this edition of Bringing Light to the Darkness, a regular podcast by Pastor James Rasmussen and Pastor Robert Dixon, recorded from Oasis Christian Fellowship at Sunridge Village Assistant Living and Memory Care Community Center in Bula City, Arizona, where Pastor James is a resident. They have developed this series of short messages in order to share the journey from within this community and to bring light into the darkness in small and big ways. Before we begin, Pastor James would like to remind the audience of the following. Some books are to be tasted, others swallowed, but there is only one book to be chewed and digested. It is called the B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Now here is Pastor James and Pastor Robert with this week's episode of Bringing Light to the Darkness. This is Pastor Robert Dixon with Pastor James Rasmussen welcoming you to another episode of Bringing Light into the Darkness. Today we will be interviewing Pastor James about what it's like being in memory care. Welcome, Pastor James. Thank you, Rob. How are you doing? Doing quite well, thank you. How did you decide to enter into memory care? Well, actually, it was decided by my son, but my wife has dementia, and it had gotten to the point where we could no longer take care of her because she was such a wanderer, plus she was paranoid and had terrible mood swings. So Robert found her a place that would allow me to move in with her. So we decided on this place, Sunridge Village. Okay. What was it like to live in memory care? For me, it was very, very strange because I was treated like someone who couldn't remember, yet I have a very good memory. But they still treated me like I had dementia. The first day I was there, they felt my diapers, and they did all kinds of things I wasn't prepared for, because I had no idea what memory care was all about until I actually moved in. And because I couldn't see, it was a good and tough adjustment. Okay. What was it like to have your wife in memory care? That was the most difficult part at all because she had terrible mood swings. She hated it from the very beginning. She loved to walk. When she realized she was in a locked facility, we had a courtyard, but she still couldn't go beyond that. She got very depressed and would cry saying, we're never going to get out of here. We're in prison. We're going to die here. Over and over. 
And I couldn't argue with her because I knew it was true. And one day she'd be almost normal, and the next day she would tell me she wanted a divorce, and she would swing at me. She never hit me, but she got very angry with me. And then at other times, she'd be almost normal. So it was difficult never knowing which one of my wives I would wake up to in the morning. Yeah, that's awful. How is memory care structured? It's basically a small area that is for tiny small area for television and a couch and a counter for the uh, caretakers. Then we each got our rooms on the other side of the courtyard. We eat at the dining area all together at certain times. And then we either go back to our rooms, go out and enjoy the outside, or just sit and do whatever we want in that central area. Okay. What is a typical day like in memory care? Very, very structured. We would be woke up at 6.30 in the morning for breakfast. We would then go to breakfast, be brought back, gotten again at lunch, and then the same thing at dinner. And what we did in between depended a lot on what stage of dementia we had. Me not having dementia, I spent most of my time listening to the Bible, listening to the radio, or listening to books, because television was not that appealing to me. It was difficult because every person in there was at a different stage, from stages where you couldn't even tell to stages where they were almost comatose. Wow. What is it like in memory care compared to regular assisted living? What is it like in memory care compared to regular assisted living? Regular assisted living is almost like living in an apartment with caregivers at your beck and call if you need them. But if you don't need them, you're pretty well free to do whatever you want to do. You're not locked in. You get back and forth to meals on your time unless you need help. It's a lot more normal except the fact that you have people doing your laundry, cleaning your room, helping you with showers and stuff like that. But it's much, much more normal than memory care. Okay. And how is memory care different from a mental hospital? A memory care is only basically a trained babysitting facility for people with memory problems. There are no nurses, no doctors, no psychologists, psychiatrists, neurologists, anything like that. It's only caregivers 
and Medtex. There's more of them than on assisted living side because they need so much more attention. But it is not like a mental hospital where there are doctors diagnosing, trying to find out what was wrong and hopefully improve your condition so you can go back home. Okay, well, that was very insightful. That's the questions on assisted living and memory care. Rob, you were (coughs) in memory care many times. Could you give your description of what you saw? Sure, Pastor James. For me, memory care was one big room with an area with a couch to watch television, and then a large area where they had one table where they ate, and then a counter with a small kitchen where the caregivers did their paperwork. And then there was an area with about three or four tables where they would just sit, and I guess they might do a puzzle or something, but there were three or four tables where they would sit and they would also eat there. So I was surprised it's a very small area. Okay, my son Robert, who's our technician. Robert, you've been there to visit me and my wife quite often, and you attended our church services. What was your output on memory care? Yeah, so I would say um, in addition to what um, Pastor Rob described, there was a a rec room, a a sort of great room. You know, um, that's what I think he was describing. And everything goes on there in terms of services or TV. Um, It's not a a huge room. So sometimes the TV would overpower other things going on. And sometimes if you were having a service, uh, it was uh, kind of potentially disruptive to folks who weren't involved. The uh, the uh, general environment is one of maybe uh, I think there were usually 20 or 30 uh, patients uh, hearing about uh, at least a half of them looking quite lost and maybe three or four attendants trying to sort of get through the day and keep them occupied. I think uh, a handful of folks seemed to be thriving there and the remainder were um, surviving, if you will. Uh, and then I'd say in addition to that, you know, everybody did have a private room uh, to go back to. And uh, I think in some cases, those were one person per room, in some cases, two persons per room. And certainly one of the things that drew us to, to this particular facility was the, the ability to have um, both mom and dad uh, sort of uh, in, in, uh, cohabitating in that same room. Um, so uh, I think I'd like similar to your recollection. Um, you know, mom would wander through the courtyard, which was between the, the, the great room and, and, and your bedroom. Um, and uh, there'd usually be a few people wandering the courtyard, examining the gates, you know, sort of looking for a way out. And I think the, the um, of course, with the disease, the, one of the most uh, heartbreaking, uh, you know, heartbreaking moments or, or parts is that you, you kind of see people um getting bad news every day, you know, they'd forget that that's where they were. Um, and I think they'd forget that those were their limitations. And so they're constantly um, waking up to, um, you know, sort of incarceration. Uh, so I think, you know, I know that paints a bit of a dark picture, 
um, there certainly were some light moments. I think that the the care the caregivers were compassionate. Um, they were uh, moderately understaffed, maybe, and dealing with the, the pace of an anything can happen world. You know, um, you'd see some patients disrobe. You'd see some patients become angry and um, even violent. And um, and you'd see some lovely, wonderful patients, that, you know, sort of just living their life, um, perhaps carrying a baby doll, you know, or petting a, a, a fake animal or, you know, um, entertaining themselves with some live birds they had in the facility. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly what I what I recall. I do recall there was a swimming pool in the middle of the courtyard that nobody could get to and would never think to use. Um, oh, we talked about that in an earlier program. Uh, very, very well put, Robert. I really appreciate all that you added. One thing I'd like to add, that the caregivers, a lot of the memory care patients couldn't even remember their room numbers, and they forgot to dress and undress. So caregivers in memory care had a lot more responsibilities than any other side. Other than that, my, my son and Rob gave very good additions because they could see and they added to what I couldn't see. So now I hope you have an understanding what memory care is like. Next week, we will try to discuss what causes memory needs and a little bit about those things. Thank you for listening. That was another edition of Bringing Light to the Darkness, a regular ministry of Oasis Christian Fellowship. We thank you for listening and look forward to further opportunity to bring light into the darkness. As a reminder, we can be wish for questions, comments, or prayer requests via email at lighttheway at email.com L-I-G-H-T T-H-E W-A-Y at email.com <laughs>